town where nothing much ever happens. This is where I live with my family. <laughs> Doctor said we'd be lucky if Arnie lived to be ten. I could go at any time. Arnie, don't be rude. Some days you want him to live. I kill him, Gilbert. I know, buddy. Okay, son, come down now. Bye. Some days you don't. When is this gonna stop? Then there's Mama. That's my mom in there. You see, with Mama, there's no nice way to break it to you. She's not all that big, Gilbert. I saw a guy at the state fair who was a little bit bigger. I haven't always been like this. I haven't always been like this, Gilbert. I'll need to delivery later. Nothing ever happens here. It's those lobsters, isn't it? Why does it always happen to me? <laughs> Sometimes I just want to stick her head in the oven and turn on the gas. <laughs> I got nowhere to go. Please don't disappear. We're taking him in. We've warned you. We've warned your sisters. They say there's a reason for everything. My oh. son! Give me my son! Maybe someday I'll figure out what it is. Oh, look, the praying manners. You know how they mate? The male will sneak up on the female, and she'll bite off his head, and the rest of his body will keep on mating, and then when they're done... She'll eat him. Welcome to Movie Umpers. My name is Bob Sham. And I'm Angela. And uh, the sounds here may be dogs. The theme this month has been comfort food all month long. And that has come in the forms of movies from our childhood that we've picked and discussed or from our youth that meant a lot to us. <laughs> Uh, and also more inspirational family fair coming in the form of movies, which actors play intellectually challenged characters and roles. Yes. And off the top, the one we're talking about now up to this point is probably the best of them. Absolutely. 100%. But I think the, the thing that helps is that the lead actor is not the one that's playing the intellectually challenged person. This is the first time a lead actor is not playing, but it's still a pretty prolific role Yes. for this actor because the person who is playing the intellectually challenged person is one of the biggest actors out there today. Absolutely. We're talking about Leonardo DiCaprio, who is playing Arnie, in the 1993 film What's Eating Gilbert Grape, directed by Lass Hallstrom. I think yeah. that's how you pronounce that. He's a Swedish director. Also, a, a Swedish producers and... Um, Interesting. I didn't know that. And cinematographers are all over this movie. Uh, starring Johnny Depp, Leonardo DiCaprio, Juliette Lewis, Darlene Cates, amongst many others. I prefer the porn parody Who's Eating Gilbert's Gape. <laughs> And it plays out more like a mystery in that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but this one is pretty good, too. The title of the movie, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? It's a question. But it's a kind of a stupid-ass question, if you think about it. Maybe the worst part of this movie is the title. Of course, you understand real quick what's eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah. He's stuck. His life sucks. He feels like he's stuck. 
it's almost I, I feel like if you're casually you know in the 90s everything was the Gen X style was all over and it kind of presented this very casual apathy you know yes. that was kind of the stereotype of the 90s and one could look at uh, Johnny Depp's lead role character as Gilbert Grape in this movie look at his long hair he seems a little resigned to his position and see that as a character who's a slacker apathetic character but he's not actually like that at all he's someone who's actually very committed because of the pressure that he is under an extreme pressure in which he's taking care of well he's got a, a a mother as played by Darlene Cates, who is very large woman. Mm-hmm. And this one, I don't know if you remember, this woman broke out. She was hired from making an appearance on the Sally Jesse Raphael show. You haven't been out of the house in five years. What's it like? What What's happening it's to you? It's very frightening. Are you frightened? Yeah. I find it um, incredible that when I do decide to come out, it's in front of <laughs> you. I mean, I you came out big time, didn't I, you? Yeah, I could have come out in my hometown and uh, been in front of a lot less people. <laughs> than when I'm going did that to all occur to you after you'd already after came I was out? Already right? on the plane. <laughs> well, that's what I call doing it big time. What? Uh... I do think I knew that because I used to watch a lot of that kind of television. That's when the world really caught on to who she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was just a large woman who had gained a lot of weight. I think she was like 500 plus pounds or something. So they hired her for this movie to play this character. Yeah. And it was very real. So much better than getting someone in like a suit or something like that. It and, was the only way to do this. And she did a good job. She really does. Probably because the, the character she's playing, what that character is going through is no different than her actual life. Yeah, she was able to step in and just play herself or a version of herself that really worked. The na- the title of this movie has always bothered me, not only because of like what's eating Gilbert Grape, but it's like are we making a fat joke like in the title of this movie because she's so big? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's based on a novel and the screenplay is written by the novelist Peter Hedges. Never read the book. Um No, me neither. I don't know. I don't get I don't honestly get the title. It seemed like the title was just something that was thrown on. It just seemed like they were trying to be way too clever and it ended up being stupid. Yeah, like you had a pretty good little small town story you told here and then you didn't know what to call it. Right. That's kind of what this movie feels like. And probably the book as well. Yeah. But also in this family, um, the grapes, uh, (laughs) uh, there's two sisters and they commit a lot to the house as well. The mother can't do much. And they have Arnie, the youngest, who is severely mentally ill. Actually, one of the daughters is the youngest because she's 15. Oh, right. Arnie's turning 18 right. at the top of this movie. Yeah, the older sister at some point was a lunch lady. Yeah. But her kitchen caught on fire, uh, which actually her kitchen in this movie catches on fire for like a second. She puts it out with baking soda. But Gilbert and the oldest sister are essentially the parents of this household. Yeah. Everyone kind of has to pull a weight, no pun intended there, mm-hmm. uh, because the mother, they have to take care of the mother who can't really do much, literally sits in a couch in a certain room, sleeps there, passes out there, and that's where she's stuck. And it's so bad that Gilbert's friend and he have to go and 
reinforce the bottom of the house where she's always sitting. Played by the wonderful John C. Riley. John C. Riley. And their Crispin fa- Glover's in this movie. Crispin Glover so plays the town funeral director. Yeah. Perfect role for him, right? Their father has long been dead. He he hung himself in the basement. And the house they live in is the house that he built. The way that the floor <laughs> the way that the floor was built, it it was not up to codes. And so there were bigger gaps than there should have been between like the, I can't think of the right words, but between the pieces of wood. And so John C. Riley comes in and he's kind of just like a jack of all trades. He knows yeah, how to yeah. do a little bit of everything. And he was just like, okay, I can fix this, but this is what we have to do. And they, they secretly do it because they don't want the mama to know yeah. that it needs to be done. And I was like, I know I get that she's very sensitive, but They've enabled her, and it's such a sad... That's what, it's so heavy. Well, John C. Riley's character is probably the most polite in the whole movie. He absolutely is. Because Gilbert, you know, he kind of makes fun of his mother. Kids will, like, pay him, like, change to... It'll lift him up to look at his mother. Mm-hmm. And that's... And, and John C. Riley's character, he doesn't like that, and he scolds him for it. Yeah. But you understand the bitterness that Gilbert is coming from. The, the way he is stuck in his position. Yeah. He and the older sister seem to both have a weight on their shoulders. We don't get to know her as well. We understand more what, where Gilbert's coming from. But the younger sister, the 15-year-old, really is like the example of the anger that can happen in a situation like that. She's the youngest, but she doesn't get attention because Arnie needs a lot of attention. Yeah. And mama can't move. And so she's always having to help her sister. And she's she actually acts out... A couple times, like she'll hit Arnie or she'll do stuff, you know, that you're, that's not She loses nice her patience quite she, easy. Yeah, she, you just get the feeling from her that she loves her family, but she's always felt, her let's, dad's been dead her whole life. Yeah. Arnie, um, let's talk about Arnie for a bit. Leonardo DiCaprio's performance of Arnie feels so all-encompassing and intense. Yeah. Dad's dead, Alan. Gilbert! Gilbert! I can't believe you that! Dad's dead. Arnie. Dad's dead. Arnie, shh. Arnie. Dad's dead. Okay. Dad's dead. 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 Intellectually disabled person we've encountered so far. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people we're talking about go from seven to like twelve in their intellectual capacity. Arnie seems like he's barely like five. Yeah, I like agree. he seems extreme, like an extreme case. He's got some kind of condition where they said that he would be dead by, by ten, and now he's turning eighteen in this movie, and he could go at any time. Which he yes. tells Juliet Lewis when he meets her. When we uh, early on, when we meet Arnie, he's taking a grasshopper oh, this, into oh. the mailbox and he shuts it, and it kills the grasshopper. And then it cuts to the next scene where he's crying because the grasshopper is dead. He doesn't understand that that he permanently took the life of the grasshopper, and Gilbert has to console him. Kind of like an Elmer Fudd. This is probably what Elmer Fudd was like when he was a kid. You know, when Elmer Fudd, he's going to kill Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny tricks him into thinking he's killed him. And then Elmer Fudd gets real sad. Mr. Wabbit, say something. Speak to me. 
I killed him. I killed him. <laughs> I'm a mighty I killed him. I killed him. The Elmer Fudd effect, where you do something bad and then you realize it's bad right after you do it. Yeah, that that really broke my heart. There's this is a this is a very sad movie. Yes. It's very difficult to watch. And I think, you know, talking thinking about Arnie and the way that Leonardo DiCaprio played this role. It feels the most real of anything that we've seen. It feels like he really launched himself completely into it. And while there are funny moments, you're never laughing at that character. And that's, I feel like, one of the differences watching this movie. And and again, like you said, it definitely helps that Gilbert is the main character and that it's being kind of told through his lens. I mean, this is not a comedy Neither was I am Sam, but mm. everything else has been kind of. I guess radio's not really a comedy, but it's not like intentionally. A, but, I know, but it feels like it's played for laughs. Like we talked about how it there feels like he's doing moments, yeah. a Jerry Lewis skit sometimes. Like yeah. it just feels so weird and 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 not not real. And this one feels really real. I'm trying to as we talk about these performances of actors playing intellectually challenged people. It's really like, I'm trying to come to a conclusion in my head, like some kind of essay in my mind of what to say about all this, what it means. I feel like it gets a little harder to kind of put things into words as we go deeper into these yeah. movies. And I could easily fill a whole other month with the list I've got of these types of performances. And I'm just trying to understand them because I think when we started, we wanted to come at a place where we can, or at least I did. Where I kind of want to, I had the idea that I'm going to clown some shit, right? Sure. Kind of goof on it. And we have, and I have had that opportunity, but it really does. But as we keep going deep, like I want to kind of understand this more. Yeah. What makes this work and what doesn't or why it doesn't work? And what is it about, you know, we're dealing with actors who are inherently, there's always an inherent narcissism when we're talking about people playing any performance in a movie, these does it work? Should these movies be made? I'm not really a don't make these kind of things. I'm more of a I'll let you expose yourself and make that judgment from there kind of guy. I'm not really a tell you not to do things right, kind of guy. Right, right. I was listening to an interview with John Cameron Mitchell earlier today. Hedwig and the uh, Short Bus. Hedwig and the Angry Ant, Short Bus. They were actually talking about Short Bus. The Tiger King. The, yes, he was in Tiger King movie. We haven't seen that yet, but I do love John Cameron Mitchell. Uh, and it was actually, they were talking about Short Bus, and he was talking about straight actors playing gay roles. And he he was saying, they actually took a detour to talk about jo the Joe Exotic movie. And he was basically saying that it, he might have had a leg up because he is a gay man playing a gay character. But he doesn't have a problem with non-gay people playing gay people. Some people do. But he's like, I don't really think it matters. Like, you can play... Not like yourself, right? Like a like like a rich actor can play a poor person. It's like what, a, like a gay person can play a straight person. A straight any, person can play a gay. It's person. what a lot of actors would strive to do: to play things that aren't like their own self. Exactly, and I feel like when it's done, I don't think there's any harm in an actor playing one of these roles. But what it comes down to is the way it's handled. The way it's written, the direction, the, the issue I've had with every movie until this one is it's like, oh, that's Sean Penn yeah. playing this guy. Yeah. That's Rosie O'Donnell playing this woman. 
then maybe it's Leonardo DiCaprio was young when he did this. This is fresh and out so of growing pain. It is. It's like growing pains this and they did basketball diaries. Like he was yeah, doing he, like it really did seem early on in his career, even as a young person. Post, yeah. Because he was like a bit character in Growing Pains, like the he bad was. kid adopted. You know, thinking about the, the environment of this movie, how this is a family that doesn't have much at all. They're in mm-hmm. a small town. So whether they want to or not, they're in a position where they have to deal with Arnie and their issues. As hard as it is, they're all around it. They're, Arnie's in the middle of it. Whereas you see in other movies where in radio, the mother had to work. The father was dead. And he kind of took care of himself, but he was older. The community took him in. Um, I am Sam. Yeah. We don't even know his story. Uh, and, and Bill, parents just threw him off, right? Mm-hmm. And the other sister, loaded family, uh, sends her off for 15 years to a facility uh, riding the bus with my sister, a bit of a broken family, but it's alludes that she was in and out of homes and like, you know, just kind of thrown candy. I am Sam shit. was also in an, put in an institution. Yes. They talk about his mother abandoning him. He doesn't know who his family is. Now we're, and we're watching this and it kind of made me feel maybe a little more sympathetic to the, um, the Simon family from riding the bus with my sister mm. to see these people cannot get away due to their economic positions the extremities of their child and the issue, of course, with their mother. Yeah. Like, Arnie's got to be there. And Arnie, it's really touching how engaged Gilbert is with Arnie. Yes. But Arnie is so He's far gone. He, he'll, he will disappear on you. He will climb the water if you tower. you turn your back for one minute, he is across town. Yeah. Doing something dangerous. Yeah. And, and, and Gilbert gets blamed constantly and doesn't seem to ever get appreciated for how much he does he bathes arnie he he takes him with him to work every day you know and he's he, with him and almost then his all sisters the time. yell at him for not planning enough for the party that's yeah they're like up. what do you ever do and it's like whoa he does he takes care of your everyone brother. everyone is in a position where they cannot get and away with doing nothing with a job except the mother there's also a huge you know, part of this that is, it's an undercurrent of the small town dying. Yes, because. Which was such a big thing in the 90s was when, like, the super Walmarts were very just beginning, you know, and, like, the big, big grocery stores and yeah, it was starting, taking over the mom and pop stuff. I think they were super Walmarts were very popular. They called them that back in the day. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, uh, Gilbert works at a the small grocery store with the owner's name on it. Yep. And Food Town is on the edge of town, and it's way bigger and has more stuff. And so, yeah, and and there's a part where John C. Riley's character keeps talking up the Burger Barn because there's maybe like three restaurants in this town, if yeah. that. There's like a dairy dip. You know, we were watching this town. and There's like one diner they eat at all the there's, time. There's something about us, our spirits, that want to go to these towns yeah. like this. But there's a reason why people cannot stay in these towns yeah. for to make money or make career. And the death of the small town, We talk, we're going to be talking about Hallmark movies at the end of the year. But the most unbelievable thing about Hallmark movies is that they're always in these vibrant small towns with really good economies. Yeah, and it's it's... It's everyone wants to live in 
the Gilmore Girls. And we're in the in the process of this late stage capitalist era. Mm-hmm. We just kind of consume each other at the expense of each other. There's not necessarily an investment in one another. It's merely just a f- feed the corrupt system that well, looms over us. And what you just said, the feed off each other at the expense of each other is also like what Gilbert is feeling. He, Everyone is taking from him. Wait, we just figured out what really is eating Gilbert Grape. Like literally, figuratively, economically. Yeah. The Im- We're geniuses <laughs> at talking about movies. We're getting there. This is the greatest movie podcast there ever was or will be one day. Uh, yeah, we're working on that. YouTube show. Uh, YouTube show podcast. Also in this small town... Mary Steenburgen, who is a housewife with a couple kids. and Married to the guy who sells insurance. Regularly needs deliveries made to her house in which um, she tips uh, very well. Yeah. She tips uh, <laughs> and, get, and gets that tip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what we mean. Fucking. Yeah. Hey. Uh, we're kind of well past that now, aren't we? I guess so. Um, um, so. And he kind of assumes that her husband always knows because he's begging him to come to his office and talk to him or call him or whatever. And he's yeah. haranguing him throughout the whole movie. But at the beginning of the movie, uh, we kind of get a narration to set up the position in the town and where everyone is, yeah. is from. And I think it's a town called Endura or Endura. I think it's like Endura, like you're enduring this town. I thought it was because it's because I remember thinking it's like the mother and bewitched. So, I, and it's somewhere in Iowa, and so every year, like this caravan of RVs goes through this town to get to some, somewhere better, somewhere better, and they Arnie and Gilbert stand and watch the caravans, and one breaks down, and in that is Juliette Lewis and her grandmother and. Gilbert comes to get to know this girl. She's also just a very, her character is just a very sweet and nice person. Yeah. She talks about how, you know, her parents are split up across the country. She's moved around everywhere. She's moved around everywhere where she goes back and forth between them. And Gilbert is, you know, he really, you could tell obviously that they really like each other. But Gilbert also kind of wonders what it would be like to live her life. And he's not, like, jealous like he's rude to her. Oh, no. But when she asks him, like, what would you change or what if you could make anything what happen? What do you want? Yeah. He he basically said, without saying he wants, he doesn't say, like, oh, I want to run away from here. He says that he wants, like, a new brain for Arnie. He wants his mother to lose weight. Like, he, he gives. He wants a new house. He wants everything to kind of be set up to not rely on him. Yeah. If all those things were in place. He that could he go. could just leave. There is an older brother that they only show one photo of who did leave. So there's also that. And the mom has this thing about disappearing. Don't disappear on me. She says it to Gilbert. She says it a lot to Arnie. Like every time he runs away, don't disappear on me. So you know that she, when that brother left, it broke her heart. So there's also the pressure of that. And the Julia Lewis character, you know, she doesn't dismiss where Gilbert's from. She says, no. you know, I've seen a lot of places and this is just like any other place. She genuinely has respect for the environment. And even if Gilbert is bitter towards the things in his life, maybe even his mother a little bit, or sometimes Arnie, yeah. she actually respects and cares for that as well. Yes. So this is someone who's a little more worldly at a young age, 
but doesn't look down on anything. Yeah, she she kind of has a little bit of that like 90s hippie wears thrift store clothes and could just sit for three hours and watch the sunset, which she actually does. Back when thrift stores were thrifty, right? Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, she talks about how she, she doesn't care about physical beauty because people just get wrinkly. Yeah. I don't know. I Yeah, I really like her. And she says what she thinks. And she's not afraid. And I think that's what draws Gilbert to her so much is that she's not afraid of things. But her grandma's waiting for a part to come in for this truck hauling the RV. And it's taken like over a week for it all to come together. But when they get that part and that truck starts, they're going to leave town again. There's a beautiful moment where Juliette Lewis and Gilbert are hugging each other. Or they're, they're kind of like talking and hugging. And then the grandma's trying to start the car, the truck. And all of a sudden the truck turns over and they both just get this look on their face. And they just like hug each other tighter. And then the car dies again. And they both smile so big. Like it's the best thing that's ever happened to them, this truck not working. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, it's such a sweet moment with no dialogue. Like it's just, it's just them feeling. Well, other things come to a head in town. John C. Riley does finally get his burger barn. And, um, you know, and uh, he does eventually get harangued into talking to the in, the uh, insurance guy that he's cucking. Oh, yeah. But he's trying to get out of that now because there's a girl in town he really likes. Mm-hmm. And he's never felt good about doing that anyway. But um, He asked Mary Seenburgen at one point, why did you even pick me? And she's like, because I thought you'd never leave. Yeah. And, Which is fucking depressing <laughs> as shit. Yeah, she really just kind of like used him to feel better about herself. But he goes and he thinks that he's going to like go off on him because he knows. But then he just tr- starts to try to sell him insurance. But then he gets a call from Mary Steenburgen's character. And at this point, Gilbert has been like, I can't do this, essentially. He basically broke up with her before he went to the husband's house. So he, the husband gets the call while her Gilbert's office. sitting there and... You can hear her losing her shit on the phone. So he has to go. And yeah, so Gilbert has to drive him there because it's such a small town. Everyone is just so interconnected. One thing goes bad, everyone's there, right? It turns out that this this guy drowned in the kiddie pool. Later that night. And they all think that Mary killed him. But they said that he just had a heart attack and fell into the baby pool. Yeah. Do you, let me ask you, do you think she killed him? No. Me either. I don't think she did. It didn't really even occur to me for a second, but but half the town does. And so after they bury this poor guy, uh, she packs up the kids and leaves town. So she kind (laughs) of, it helps because she gets a huge insurance payout. Well, yeah, because he had good insurance. Well, and she does the thing where she's in all black and she comes to the grocery store to say goodbye to Gilbert and... Juliette Lewis is there picking up some groceries, and she looks at her, and she goes, you can have him. <laughs> He's all yours now. He's all yours now, or whatever it is. Yeah. And Mary's, and he leaves, and, and Juliette looks at him, and, and she's like, are you going to miss her? And he says, yeah. And she goes, good. Yeah. And, and, and I love that, too, because she is she feels confident. She's not jealous. Mm. It's actually good that he's going to miss her because that means that he cared for her. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just a fucking mindless thing. He's not heartless. Exactly. At one point, Arnie 
gets arrested after being threatened multiple times to not climb the water tower. Mm-hmm. And he finally gets arrested. Put, put some contraption on this they that a requires fence. a locked gate. They could put a fence yeah. around that thing. Um, He's been climbing up it every few days for years. Come on. <laughs> so they actually take him to jail, and it's enough to get the mother to finally, because she's a shut-in. She gets up, she gets in the car, and it's shifted the car. Like, the car is like... She sits on one side, so the car goes up like this, mm-hmm. and they drive down to the police station, calling out the name of the sheriff. Like, it's a small town. They all know anyone. They're trying to tell her that she needs to fill out paperwork. She's like, no, just give me my son. Give yeah, me my give son. give me my boy. So Gilbert is feeling the stress of, this girl's going to leave. The family ain't really changing at all. Arnie's turning 18. He could go at any time, but at this point, you can't expect him to go at any time. Yeah. This party's coming. His sisters are losing their shit. He goes home, and he's giving him a bath. He leaves Juliette Lewis, and he said, I'll come back. And instead of just giving the boy a bath and getting him in his pajamas and putting him to bed, he's like, you're a big boy. You can do this. Like, here's your towel. Here's your everything. He goes to hang out with Juliet Lewis. He comes home. He sleeps the whole night. He gets up the next morning to go brush his teeth and realizes his baby brother Arnie's has been in the tub never left all the tub. night long. So then Arnie's like, I'm never bathing again. It scares Arnie and he gets, Absolutely. for half this movie, he's like just dirty as shit. Dirty, dirty. So finally, um, Gilbert's got to bathe him and the Arnie his is just constantly trying to run like it's all this big game. He's wanting to avoid the bath and Gilbert loses his shit. Dex Arnie slaps him a few times and then leaves. Just runs. And then Arnie Ar- runs. Arnie runs. But Arnie runs to Juliet Lewis. Yeah. And she's so good with him. And she actually gets him. She's tried before because she knows he's dirty. So she tries again and she actually gets him to get in the lake with her. Yeah. So that he basically takes a bath in the lake. Better than what he smelled like before. Fish farts, better than, you know. Whatever he smelled like before. Gilbert kind of comes across that. And as Arnie leaves, uh, Juliet, like, he, like, knows he's there when he tries to hide anywhere, whether it be in the grocery store. She always knows he's there. Yeah. And she comes up to him, and he immediately is like, I hit him. Yeah. He immediately confesses. And I actually fucking, I have a real problem with patience. Sometimes I feel like there is just something very angry inside of me sometimes. And so as horrible as that scene was to watch Gilbert strike someone with the mental capacity of a five-year-old, I kind of did connect with Gilbert in that way and in the guilt that I know he felt from doing that. I know exactly how he felt after he did that or how that character, the fictional character, did. But it was a little something that I connected with that I wish I didn't. Yeah. But the but that's just kind of the reality from it and yeah. making me kinda see my own flaws. But of course Gilbert is under a tremendous amount of pressure. But that's why it is so real. You know, we've talked about some of these other uh, these other movies kinda go to the edge and then they back away because they wanna be that family friendly movie, that feel good movie. They don't wanna get into the shit of it. Especially the made for T V stuff. They'll, they like it when, like, a foreign husband kidnaps a child, but they don't like, like, actual visible domestic abuse that yeah. occurs. Yeah. But, you know, this movie is very much different, thankfully. It's kind of refreshing after sitting through all the other ones. It's also really 
it also really hits hard when Gilbert does come back the next day. And, you know, Arnie, it seems as though Arnie's going to hide from him. But then they always play this game where they're like, where's Arnie? Where's Arnie? And Arnie, he finds him in a tree. Arnie jumps down and scares him. And then he's like, oh, you got me, buddy. And then they wrestle for a second. And then Arnie slaps him really hard a couple times <laughs> in the face. And it was one of those things where it, it just kind of reiterated how young Arnie is. But also, he knew what happened was wrong. And he needed Gilbert to know he knew it was wrong. And yeah. he couldn't express that aside from being like, you hit me, so I'm going to hit you now. Yeah. It's like, the, you hurt me, I'm going to bite you. You know, that kind of thing. Like, it was so innocent. Mm-hmm. But he wailed. He he smacked him hard a couple times, and Gilbert just ate it he, as he should have, and yeah. he did. And that's what's so real about it. Like you talking about, it is so easy to understand how someone in that situation could lose their shit. Yeah, and you don't mean it, but it does happen. It can be forgiven as long as it's not something that is, like, consistent. Like, yeah. it's not a thing. This is the first time he's ever done that. And I think it shocks his himself. It's, you know, when certain things happen in our lives that almost seem inevitable to any life. But these these worst versions, these issues, maybe when a, when a parent gets very old or when you have a child with a certain affliction... It just never feels like humans were properly are properly able to deal with this kind of thing, especially without endless resources at your disposal. Who else is going to do it? His his mother, the mother, walks up the stairs for the first time and lays on the bed. And Juliette Lewis comes to the party. They've started the truck. They're going to be leaving like the next day. Or Gilbert, like, let's go meet your mother. I want to meet her. And. And Gilbert, you know, who often held a shame about his mother, she knows what she did when she went to go get her son out of jail. And she's like, she's so brave for that, you mm-hmm. know. She just accepted her as she was. Hello. Hi. I haven't always been like this. I haven't always been like this. <laughs> scene really got to me like really bad my um my nana was very large woman you never got to meet her because she died when i was 18 large part in due to how how big of a woman that she was yeah and she um towards her later years uh she slept in the living room in a chair like she had to have one of those chairs that would stand her up um and like sit her down. She also um, had like a like a little jazzy yeah. situation. Um, there is the last picture of her that I know that was taken was at my graduate my high school graduation party, and she didn't want her picture to be taken. And she's actually holding a purse in front of her face. Yeah, because she didn't want anybody to see her. And it's one of those hard things where like. Watching this movie, like, it just kept... She wasn't as big as the mom in this movie, but, you know, you know, you're, you're, you were about to say, like, later that night, the mom passes away in the bed. And um, when the kids are kind of, like, all through the night, like, dealing with it, the youngest daughter says, there's going to be a crowd. I know there's going to be a crowd. And you could hear that and think, oh, she's being 
terrible and she's being like embarrassed, but it's not that because I know exactly that feeling because, um, once, oh, I'm sorry, once my, um, my Nana fell outside of the house and she was so big that she could not lift her up and we could not lift her up. And so we had to call paramedics. She wouldn't let them take her to the hospital, but they got her into the house. And I just remember, like, people coming out of their houses and coming into the street and, like, standing and watching. Yeah. And it's just so hard when you know that this person did not intend to get to that place, but there is some anger there because you want them to be healthier. You want them to take better care of themselves because you love them and you know that they're hurting themselves. Yeah. And small town folk, country folk will stand there and like gawk at you. Like it's just kind of, uh, I don't think it's meant with any malice, but they just don't have, they just don't know how their mere presence can be rude like that. I mean, you think it's such a polite culture, but it's really not. It's just that rudeness and politeness just manifest in different ways and different wordings. But, and people are, I would say people are probably much more helpful in these environments, but, but yeah, sometimes these are also environments where they'll just sit there with their slack ass jaw staring at you while the worst moment of your life is happening. And then they'll go talk about it, the beauty shop or the, or church or whatever. Gilbert is beyond, is past the shame of his mother. Yeah. He doesn't want their, like when, cause she's upstairs and she's so big and this house is so weirdly built. They, she has to stay there while they gather resources and they, they make a joke over the police radio. Gilbert happens to be standing there about like how they need to get like the whole department to come and like pull this lady out. And, and the sheriff was just like, Gil- Gilbert, I'm so sorry about that, you know? Yeah. And that pushes Gilbert over the edge. He gets them to, like, pull out all the furniture. And no one questions this. Everyone's pulling out all the furniture, all their clothes, setting it out in the front yard like they're going to do a big estate sell. And they burn the house down with the mother in it yeah. to prevent the act of her being... Possibly craned out of they this house. They said they were going to have to, yeah, they're going to have to use a crane. We kind of get word, some narration at the end that some of the, the girls go off to other towns. Yeah, the sister got a job somewhere else, and so they went. And Arnie's still there. It's like a year later, he's going to turn 19. Arnie's going to turn 19. It's time for the caravan. And the caravan comes, and one of them stops, and it's Juliette Lewis and her grandmother, and Arnie and Gilbert get in, and they go on. You don't know you're going to get emotional until you start talking about this stuff, you yeah. know. And the, talking about it changes it. It cements it because it's easy for things to just go in and out, go through you. Even if it's a really good movie, you know, sometimes yeah. it can be hard to take things in. But, like, when you do it like this, when you watch a movie and then make yourself discuss it, it really lingers with you a lot more. And yeah. it makes you realize the way you connected with it. Even more so than maybe you thought before you even started talking about it. And, you know, Hollywood and or actors, producers, directors, despite their best intentions, so often get the small town thing confused, uh, not right. It's It goes maybe too hard in one direction of either or either ignorance or like overtly folky. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the examples where they kind of actually did it just right. 
the tone of it and the, 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 the casual rudeness of the everyday people, but also showing people that work hard, have, take their responsibilities seriously, deal with real pressures and people that are actually genuinely good people. But yeah, what, what's eating Gilbert Grape? It, this was one I watched a lot growing up, but hadn't seen in quite a bit. So it kind of qualifies in both. Both of our angles of comfort food this month. This was like a cable stalwart, you know? Like this movie, uh, it had 11 million budget. The box office was around 10. It just, uh, it, it was maybe only around even truly, but I felt like, you know, this plan on cable, premium cable, whatnot, that that's where this movie kind of had a cultural life of its own. Yeah. And when DiCaprio, Got on the Titanic. I think it actually helped boost some DVD sales for this. Oh, sure. Movie because then you could be like, "This is his uh, one of his earliest roles." I I had only seen him in 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 Growing Pains in this. I think at that point, and I went back later and watched Basketball Diaries. I that had I didn't even know yeah, about yeah. that movie. So yeah, he's you know, a really good actor. Yeah, you know he, he was really is. He was in like. This crew called the Pussy Posse. I know. Where they went all cruising around. I wonder I how the know. wonder how the Pussy Posse's doing nowadays. <laughs> anyway, we we're always we've been running long with these lately. Um, yeah. You give it one through five. I give it one through five. Combined for best out of ten. Let's finish it up. I'll go first. Okay. I'm gonna give it a four point two five. I'm gonna give it a four point seven five. Okay, so that is a nine. I wasn't sure if it would go that high, but I think it strikes a connection with us. And it is an accurate depiction of this kind of life, this kind of situation, this kind of town. I honestly don't know why it's not a five. And Darlene Cates brought a genuine realism to her performance. And she, she really did. crushed it. And you look back on, uh, you know, media or as they were promoting this and DiCaprio and Depp had nothing but positive things to say about her work. And she passed away and... I think it was the early 2010s. She had lost, she got sick and lost hundreds of pounds. Oh, wow. But she ended up passing away and, um, kind of predictably. Um, yeah. But yeah, so remembering Darlene Cates. And this is another example that you can maybe compare to a movie like Paris, Texas, a movie done by a foreign production company about a slice of American life. And somehow it feels more accurate than a lot of like those depictions done by actual people in America. You know what I think it could be is that someone coming from somewhere else sees it for what it is. Sees it for what it is, and 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 sees what we see in it. Sees yeah. the value of showing it as it is, as dirty and gross and sad and beautiful as it might be. What's eating Gilbert Grape? It is between Evasion of the Body Snatchers and Sword of Doom. Sure, why not? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's just a document, really. That's what these lists are, ultimately, right? So check the show notes for links and other places to find us. Has it been a while since you've seen this movie? What is your favorite movie about small-town American life? I know if I'm going to get a, a director to tell the story of where I grew up, I'm going to Europe. I'm getting a fucking German or a Swede to do it. <laughs> like, subscribe, leave us a comment, say anything you want. Um, we got touched a little. We didn't expect to get so touched, but uh, but that's how it is. So hit us up. We love you very much. Life to all lovers. Life to all lovers.